action. And welcome everybody. This is BMP Weekly episode 233. It is 22nd of January 2024. And here we are with Vesa and Valdek. Right. Uh, in PMP Weekly, I always talk about the latest on Microsoft 365 and, and associated functionalities and features within the Microsoft Cloud like Power Platform and, and all of the things what people commonly use and build together or use together. Uh, this time, uh, we typically also have a visitor, not just my dog, who apparently just woke up, uh, but also uh, this time we uh, had a, a guest, actually. That's a good. That is a good question. Uh, so, <laughs> but today's uh, this week's uh, guest is da 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 da. Today our guest is Stefan van Roy, who is a Dutch MVP, identity consultant, and he also works on a product in the EDU yes. and Microsoft 365 space. Yes, and really good inter- uh, discussion, uh, which we just recorded. So let's actually jump on that interview and let's start our discussion with uh, Stefan. Excellent. Let's get started on the BMP Weekly with Stefan. So Stefan, let's start with basics. Who are you and what do you do for a living? I'm Stefan. I'm a, a software developer by heart and uh, I do consultant stuff, uh, mostly identity. Uh, and I run my own company where we push millions of calendar items to M365 to the Graft API. So now that's, that's opened up a lot of questions immediately. So your own company is an additional thing or is that the thing what you do for consulting as well? Yeah, uh, so I do uh, some consulting, but we also run a company where uh, we push all the events to the Graft, calendar, the Graft API. Okay, let's start so with the first thing. Two <laughs> things, right? There is a product and there is consulting yes 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 there yeah, you so okay. so okay. That, there's a there's a product where we um uh, take the school schedule from different systems that all have an api and we push those events to personal calendars in the m365 calendars cool is it cool. one way or is it is it a sync uh, uh it's one way because not all uh scheduling systems uh, provide an api that you can also uh, sync items the other way so um but it is near real time so yeah millions of items to office 365 every every week yeah so is this so let's 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 be okay so let's deep dive on that one a bit so what is the product? Who's using that? Is it for education? How it's being used? Why would why would people um, care yeah, about it? it, it it's uh, mostly education. So uh, you have a school, and they want to make it easy for teachers to schedule meetings around their uh, classes. Uh, then all the calendar has to be up to date, and yep. uh, this way, uh, there's one source for your entire schedule, and that's your calendar. Yeah. And, and um, technically, individual schools and and uh, you know the public sector elements they have different scheduling applications where they do the, the the scheduling for the classes, and then your tool is the one which is replicating those uh, events and calendar things and the class information to individual students. Is that yeah, it's ex- exactly that. So they use like eight different different programs to yeah. uh, calculate the best schedule for everybody because. You don't want uh, free hours in between the day. You don't want uh, the young students to start at 11. There's all these rules. 
so they, they have apps for this and those apps uh, calculate the best schedule for everybody. And then uh, we take that schedule and push it to Microsoft 365. Cool, cool. That's actually what, really what, useful. Like, the most important thing, what is your product's name? Where can we find more info about it? Uh, it's called RoasterSync. So it's the Dutch na name for schedule and then uh, suffix with sync behind it. Yeah, roastersync.nl, correct? Exactly. Perfect. We'll cool. add it to the notes. Cool. How do, how do you find uh, the, the API surface in, the, in Microsoft 365 then? Uh, you now worked, how, how long has this product existed? Uh, this product has existed for like 15 years. So wow. previously it was working with uh, Exchange Web Service. Owls, uh, pigeons, whatever. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it was pushing through the uh, Exchange Web Service and then uh, we migrated to the Outlook API and yeah. the Outlook API has been deprecated for like six years, I guess. <laughs> and, then, and then we moved to the, to the Graft API and then uh, the issue started because in the beginning, the Graft API did not support uh, batching. And then the number of batch items you could do was reduced to four. Uh, Ooh, that's so, brutal at your scale. So actually, um, I, I talked to some uh, guys from the program team and said, yeah, we would rather use the Exchange Web Service instead of the Graft API. And then we had a big discussion on uh, <laughs> what we are doing wrong. Uh, yep. And eventually, <laughs> the, the limit is changed to 20. So you can now uh, make a batch call to Outlook with 20 items. And I must say, during this uh, journey, uh, we developed our own Graft API client because it's faster. <laughs> um, and uh, when we started with it, the Graft SDK did not support batching. Yeah. So that's why we needed, uh, yeah, we needed batching to keep the scale uh, up. Uh, we are never throttled, by the way. So that's uh, one big. <laughs> um, we uh, use queues for everything, so all the changes go to queues, and the queues get processed. And uh, if one tenant is uh, sending out throttling messages, we just skip that entire tenant and do it five minutes later and then yeah. everything is fine so technically well, you're so getting you are throttled, throttled. Yeah. but you're handling the throttling so you're not getting cancelled um so you're not getting yeah. blocked uh, so yeah which makes sense so yeah and because we use uh, batching um the amount of throttling messages we get is really low so there's like uh 0.1 of the messages that get throttled so we're not uh, we're not seeing any issues. So well, that's an interesting thing. Like, how did you, and that's like my pet peeve, and we can talk about it for a long time. How did, so like the moment you start I'm not surprised using that this, this topic is at, coming up. So it's... At, at scale, right? Like, like you said, like you will hit the limits at some point. And only then you will be able to say, hey, I'm getting these, these errors. Now I need to do something about it in my code. And I can imagine like every single time you change something in your code, you need to say, okay, does my change work the way I intended to? So like, how do you go about it? Like, like, do you hit the limits every time 
basically load testing graph to see if your code works the way you want it to, or do you have some other tips and tricks up your sleeve? No, we actually implemented the fail fast uh, mechanism. So if we see any of these messages, we just throw an error. And because we're using uh, a service bus and Azure Functions, there's automatic uh, yeah, fault okay. handling. Yeah. So yeah. we throw the exception as soon as possible. And then this uh, mailbox gets, gets pushed to the queue on a later moment. And then everything just keeps on working. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like you have to, you have to have that erroneous message first for you to be able to test whether the workflow works, right? So how do you, how do you get that error in from the API to basically to be able to check, like, hey, okay, if or when we get an error, that thing is going to work. Yeah, uh, before uh, the amazing Dev Proxy did not support uh, throwing errors in batch requests, uh, so we just. Uh, we're actually winging it, uh, but <laughs> uh, recently we uh, we employ the dev proxy to test it out and yeah, just to throw the errors and then see if we still fail fast and retry later. Yeah, and that is basically now, co covering all all scenarios that you need, right? So uh, there are no I don't know what else is there anything else you would want to test that you can and for which you need to. Yes, some some, words, sometimes um, we uh, um, we recently see that mailboxes that are not used often they throw different errors. They throw errors that the resource is unhealthy or something. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but because it's not uh, two o four or two o two, it's just this this failed so. It fails fast, and then yeah. we retry it later. Okay. And that that seems to be uh, yeah the most um, profitable uh, way of working. And it's it's behind of the scenes. It's warming up the the inbox again whenever you call it again. And then who knows how it's actually implemented? I don't know. I'm just speculating. But again, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's... because because we we add uh, twenty items to a mailbox. That's possible at the say at yeah. in one request, and then do another immediately after and then do another immediately after and uh, yeah if the mailbox is not used it seems to be that it's like uh, in a not so hot uh, server or something called yeah. archive id yeah. or something and it needs yeah. to be kind I, of I don't know yeah, and, okay. then, and then uh, yeah the first time you call it, it it fails and then yeah because we we fail in the in the processing of our uh, queue message yeah it fails and then it gets put on the queue message again, and it's all um, self-healing. So uh, one request would not uh, add the same item twice yeah. because it checks the calendar which uh, items have to be added. Yeah, yeah. So they have a unique That's idea. Really cool. You can do that. How did you come up with this idea? So where is this coming from originally? It's like all of a sudden you were sitting in Saturday morning and thinking like, I have an idea. Uh, actually, I want two million items to do graph every week. Yes. No, and actually, I, will, I will go through all of the schools <laughs> and have a discussion with them and then basically push my product through. How do, so I, do I, you have I, connections I, or something? So. I, I was studying myself and I was frustrated by the fact that uh, the com communication about schedule changes was really bad. Yeah. Uh, the, the smartphones were only coming up, but the website where you could see the schedule was like an old uh, HTML with frames and drop downs and did not work on your phone. 
so that was the moment I thought, can we do something better with events? And first it was uh, an internet calendar at the same URL. So you have a, a, a layer over your, on top of your calendar, but then you want to schedule meetings and the layer does not influence your uh, free busy information. So then you have to see how can we get it in Exchange. Uh, so yeah, Exchange Web Service, it, it still worked great, even though they, um, discontinued basic authentication, uh, but you can get tokens for Exchange Web Service uh, without any problems once you know the identity stuff. So uh, at the moment, we can still support uh, customers with on-premise Exchange just through the Exchange Web Service. Uh, we can do Exchange Web Service to the cloud if we want a really fast connection but most of our customers are uh, converted to using the graph api yeah now now how do you how did you find your customers how did you let's go back in the time a bit more again you you, you were frustrated it's okay you, you first implemented something how did you find your customers how how did this business came to be um yeah so i i sold the a, a license to the school i was studying myself um and from there um it gradually, uh, yeah, the schools talk to each other and uh, yep. the product got known. We don't do uh, any commercial uh, stuff. It's all uh, schools talking to each other and yep. saying we want a solution for our scheduling issues. And yeah, we're mainly focusing on the Dutch market. So uh, Dutch market is our main uh, thing and yeah, it's, schools uh, like the product and yeah once they are a customer they probably stay a customer for a long time yeah yeah that's actually really cool and it's, it's actually good that it's word of mouth because typically word of mouth is provides a positive indication so it's 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 sure not necessarily the fastest way to grow in the market but again uh it's it's people trust other people who are in the same industry and therefore they they want to test out things so I, I sometimes say I actually then I accidentally started a, uh, a company when I was uh, studying myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for fixing you... something. That's actually a really good point. But you were trying to fix something. There was a problem. You fixed it and realized that well, wait a minute, somebody else can benefit yeah. out of this. So, yeah, so, so that's think about it when you are now. Like, where would you ideally like? What is your dream dream with this? Do you want this to become a thing worldwide, global thing, or just like, nah, like this is perfectly fine? now uh, i would see every student being able to use his calendar for all his scheduling needs and if that's with my product that's that's great if that's with someone else's product also great i just want to make studying easier so and that's my, my person and with the calendar you mean the exchange calendar the calendar that i have uh, any calendar that they use? How do you see that? Yeah, I, I mean the uh, Microsoft 365 calendar. Uh, Microsoft okay. provides uh, licenses for M365 for education at a discounted price, at least in the yeah. Netherlands. I'm not sure how that works in other countries. And if you have one place where your entire schedule is, so your personal appointments, your uh, school schedule, uh, meetings with other students, uh, teachers, if that's all in one calendar, that helps um, uh, clarity.
that helps yep. that you're have one place to check your schedule. Um, that also means that if your schedule is in M365, that uh, you cannot tell them, hey, the app is not working, so I don't know where I have to go. No that excuses. Seems to be, no more excuses. <laughs> no more excuses. That, that seems to be a real thing in, in the Netherlands uh, in um, yeah, uh, high school. That's from 12 to 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that seems to be the case. Oh, the app doesn't work. Oh, now we have uh, an hour free for ourselves. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And that, because we push it to uh, M365, yeah, that that does not work anymore because yeah, yeah. the SLAs for the Outlook are much higher than the SLAs for yeah. the apps. Sure. Sure. And so, of course, and if if this if a student has a permanent account throughout that twelve to eighteen years within the country, which is one way to do that, not that every single country does this in the same way, um, then they can actually rely on that account and calendar to be there for the future, and they can link their phones and everything to it. So that's actually yeah. Really so it, it, it's available on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you change something, uh, it's on all your devices. That's really yep. uh, great to see. And that really yep. helps in setting these things. Absolutely. Another thing, another thing. so I wanted to, to switch uh, gears a little bit. Another thing you mentioned, identity. Typically, that's a space where, where a developer hears about identity or access tokens or auth. They run away as quickly as they can. You seem to be the opposite. <laughs> Why? Yeah. What you know? Uh, what triggers you? What makes you tick when it comes to identity? So um, I actually uh, come from from this this business like 15 years ago. Uh, back then we had uh, uh, ADFS, Azure. Of uh, I mean, uh, Active Directory Federation services that you could use to federate online software and i was re really into this i was like how does this work i want to know all the bits and pieces and yeah they moved some of the functionality to uh, azure azure ad previously now known as entra id i just want to know how does it work how can we make it more secure i really like uh, getting to know all the flows I must admit, I enjoy reading the uh, OPID Connect specifications, uh, 80 pages of just how things work. I really want to yep. know how this works. That's yeah. I don't know why but that makes and, me tick. And technically, when I think about it, and of course, the technology evolves. Um, the, we, we make things more secure. We start encrypting, encrypting tokens, all of that stuff, and blah, blah, blah. But basic implementation of the authentication with tokens is still the same. So you can kind of build on the same knowledge which you gain from ADFS yeah. already, right? Yeah, and it's it's just uh, using the token is always the same. Getting the token is different for each flow. And I just want to know how it works and how to make it more secure. So um, if you check the samples on how to authenticate and save your uh, secrets in Key Vault, I think all those samples are wrong because most of those samples allow for extracting the credentials. And if you can extract the credentials, you have long time uh, access to, for instance, a customer. We have uh, 
I think four or five multi-tenant apps. If you would be able to get the secret for one of those, you would have access to many customer data. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's not something we want. So we uh, we really try to um, we we put our secrets in the key vault and have them not being exportable and then use uh, cloud uh, signatures to encrypt the token assertion in the key vault and you cannot get the certificate out. So that's one of the insurance that we have to our customers that uh, I cannot even get the secret out of the key vault. It's always there. There's logging, what happens with it, what's, what's being signed. So yeah. yeah, we try to make it more secure for our customers. And I also try to uh, write blogs about this so others can use it as well. So yeah. I'm a frequent uh, contributor to documentation on Entra, sometimes on the graph. I'm also a contributor on the graph SDK where I implemented some way of batching that they then moved to the other SDKs as well. So that was a really oh. awesome experience. Yeah. Now. That's so, and that's that's also why you are an MVP, Microsoft MVP. Probably, you are you are MVP. Just recapping, you're MVP on the identity area, right? So, or an, how does it? I'm, I'm an MVP on security. Security, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, well, we keep on shuffling new... the areas, yes, but sure. I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure what's it gonna be in June, but at the moment, I'm <laughs> an MVP in the category security. And yeah. when I was awarded. Uh, in that category, there were like uh, 42 people around the world uh, wow. being a Microsoft MVP in security. And I think like eight of them came from the Netherlands. So I don't know what's happening here, but it seems that we have a lot of security enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, Netherlands is one of the, the technical spearheads within the world always. It's it's Netherlands and Scandinavia where typically adaption is higher on the new things and then other countries will follow. Uh, so it's just how we say things also from Microsoft side. So, and so that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I became an MVP. Uh, it was a total, I think half a year before I was awarded, I didn't even know about the program. I was just contributing stuff and doing doing stuff I liked and writing about it and making other people aware of these security things. And then yep. someone said, yeah, but you're an MVP, right? And I was like, no, what's that? You Tell me what? more. Let's fix that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's, that's typically the way it goes. But, so, so, so for how long now have you been an MVP? Exactly the same. And what changed? Um, so let me first do the, the, the last part. What changed? Uh, nothing changed. I, I do the same, same stuff. Uh, I enjoy sharing my knowledge. Uh, I do have some more uh, connections if I want to ask questions to the product teams. Yep. Um, yeah, but... For my side, nothing changed. Uh, for how long have I been an MVP? I was awarded uh, October uh, 2022, I think. 20, so okay. that's so it's a bit one and a half years. Now. Yeah, yeah, one and a half years, and I'm up for renewal in June. Yeah, 
Cool. Fingers I think crossed. everybody is, is renewable for June. I think that's Correct. how it works nowadays. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's no longer a quarter by quarter or month by month, uh, like it was at some point. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So and, uh, recently, all the uh, AI stuff, I left it a little bit on the side. Uh, I enjoy playing with it. That's also one of the things change. Uh, as an MVP, you uh, have... Uh, earlier access to some things. Uh, some things I cannot talk about. Some things I can talk about. There's currently a preview of uh, OpenAI in Azure, and it's just amazing to play with. <laughs> what, what's what's actually the value for you? So your identity and security specialist and OpenAI in Azure. What, what are you are you planning to in integrate that within your product, or what's the um, use cases with now, that? Uh, recently, I had a discussion about uh, how you can implement Intune in your environment. And a lot of, uh, if you enroll a new tenant, you have to set up various policies. And we have this idea that um, we put uh, the policies in a bin or in a folder, and we're going to categorize them and say, if you have a company with 20 employees, Ah, you might want to get started with these policies and then push those policies to Intune and have your tenant yeah, pre-set up, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, yeah, to categorize all those policies and to make the rules, if you have these questions, maybe you want to type the questions and describe your company and have the policies mm. be selected that way, that's... It's just an idea, but yeah, 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 that's really cool. So, like, have a wizard or like interactive experience where you can answer a few things, talk about this is the company they work, this is kind of the experience level we get, this is the space in which we are. And it's like, yep, I know exactly what you mean. Basically, eliminate your work for yourself by an automated yep. thing. Yeah, and, and if you say <laughs> um, we need ISO uh, twenty seven zero zero one. Oh, then you need these policies, and yeah, have the yeah, yeah. have the match between the bucket of policies we have and the, the questions the customer have have those be made automatically. And yeah, yeah this is just just a random idea we got, and uh, it's gonna be open source. I have uh, 131 open source repositories at my GitHub. This is gonna be the next project. I'm currently working on a way to package apps for Intune. And I described the entire journey on all the issues that I faced, that the graph API documentation was not showing all the endpoints. And then how did I get those endpoints in the documentation? And yeah, so that's what I enjoy doing if I'm not yep. <laughs> working for my company. Now, now you also mentioned that you do consulting on the security and identity side. How does a security consulting look like for you? So what, what is the uh, typical day? Think about this from a, you were a student at some point in university or, or somewhere else, and you were like, I want to be a consultant. Um, this is your opportunity of explaining what does a security identity consultant actually do for a living? How does your day yeah, look like? In, in, in my opinion, uh, I um, yeah got to a certain knowledge level. Uh, if I keep that knowledge level to myself, then it's gonna go to waste because I don't need that knowledge all the time. Um, I try to use the knowledge that I gained to uh, 
uh, help people set up uh, single sign-on for all their applications. They might have uh, M365, they might have Jira, Salesforce, you name it, what other apps. In my opinion, as an employee, you should only have one account and that should be protected and there should be all your access to all the other apps. Yep. Uh, for if the apps support Entry ID, so that's if, not always if, the case. <laughs> no, but most of them support OpID Connect or uh, SAML2 Federation. Um, and those two techniques are supported in Entra. And yeah, then we, I try to help companies set up this single sign-on in all their apps and get their yeah. users moved to knowing, oh, I have a security device for uh, Salesforce, I need to be in the office, or how does that work? Um, small companies, they don't know where to get started. And yep. that's where yeah. I come in to, to guide them and to share my knowledge to get them up to speed. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I still I remember really so oh, one reference example, just a, a um, there was a, I'm not going to go too much detailed on the, what was the application, but basically there was a one, at some point of a time, we were building one, whatever, mock-up application for our customers. And there was a third party company who implemented um, the, it was basically using tenant administrative administrative permissions to do certain operations within a tenant. The first version, which we can't from certain company, not going to say any names, basically said, give your tenant password, uh, ID and a password and we'll do the operation for you. And it's like, no, don't, yeah. no, not like that. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> all for don't share passwords. Do yes. use, use the admin consent. Uh, all our multi-tenant applications, they internally also implement Entra to get tokens for our internal APIs, to get yep. uh, tokens for our external APIs. Um, we also have other apps in the education sector. If the school doesn't like our interface, we say, we don't care. Here is the API, get a token from Entra, build your own interface. Yeah. All our APIs are, all, all our apps are built with the idea that uh, we provide the data, the servers, and the front end, but the front end uses our own API. So if you don't like the front end, build your own API. Do it in Blazor, do it in yeah. Angular, do it in React, get a token, use the token, and be done with it. That yeah. makes us super flexible, and our customers really like that if, if the front end does not match their brand or their logos or build your own yeah. integrated in sharepoint yeah you can get a token from a sharepoint web part for an external api once you configure all the technical stuff with yeah. the tokens then you yeah. can just call the external api from a sharepoint web part do it that way integrate it however you want I think we, uh, we're getting very close on time. And there was one more thing that I wanted to ask. What's wrong with cheese? <laughs> so Waldeck is referencing the fact that I'm Dutch and I don't like cheese. So yeah, yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's I, I don't a very know. explicit I... thing from all the things you could pick. Like, I don't like cheese. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, do really, tell. Really fun you mentioned it. Yeah. 
uh, as a kid, I never uh, grew up with it. I have a lot of uh, family members that don't like cheese. As a kid, I didn't didn't like it. I did not. They did not fed it, fed it to me enough. I guess <laughs> I, I I never started started liking it. And yeah, no, it's not. It's not working for me. Okay. <laughs> not working for me. There is one more thing I would want to get back to. That's um, I really like the, the graph API. I'm all in for let's do everything with the graph API. Yep. But um, in the Teams hackathon, I've built, I had a question from a customer. He said, we want to show all the apps that you have access to in a Teams app, because our, our employees are all in Teams the entire day. We want the list of the My Apps website. We want that in Teams. Yeah. And it's not possible, but I am an expert in getting tokens. So I figured out how to get a token for the internal API and still show the My Apps with, with the logos, with the names in my Teams app. Uh, but if, unfortunately, it's an internal API, and I would not yeah. suggest anyone to use those in in public. That would be one of the things that I could see implemented. So having having all the services uh, into the graph API and not just most of them. Yeah, I think so. On that particular request, obviously the objective is to get all of the services in Microsoft 365. Uh, sorry, in in Microsoft Graph, and and. The challenge is always that immediately when something goes public, then we need to start versioning and maintaining operational challenges, all of that uh, starts. And that is a huge decision, uh, especially in the scale of Microsoft 365. So whenever it goes to beta or v1, you cannot change that signature anymore, or you will actually break any of the existing applications. So that's why it might take and it might look like and it might take a long time for some of the APIs actually graduate to be ready for GA. But again, fair feedback, absolutely. Cool, uh, what's happening this week? Let's do a quick round uh, on, on what's happening uh, this week. Uh, something, not obviously anything in NDA discussion, but anything interesting happening this week, uh, Stefan, on your side, how is, how is your week look like? Uh, today, like I mentioned in the in the beginning, I'm, uh, I'm also a consultant. Uh, I'm working on a project and uh, I need to implement uh, access control lists in a custom uh, application. And that's what I'm uh, seeing if there's a good pre-built solution or that we have to figure something out ourselves. Cool. Uh, keeping, keeping in mind that we also want to start using uh, Azure services like uh, Azure Search and the uh, Graph Connector to get the, that data in the um, Copilot uh, uh, container. Is that the right word for it? Search index, but yeah, exposed yeah. through Copilot. Yeah, yeah, exposed through Copilot, and then you also need those uh, access control lists because you need to specify this user does have access, this doesn't have access, and yeah, I want to see if there's a good solution if you want to implement something like this in a custom application. Yeah. So that's, that's how my really week is really going cool. to look like. Cool. That's intriguing. Do some more. Waldeck, <laughs> uh, probably DevProxy, CLI. So actually, DevProxy released <laughs> a new version of DevProxy last week. So this week is yep. more about comms, telling everybody what, we, what we've what we done, what's new, so what's cool. So don't just ship 
also explain what you shipped. Yes, because if, if a tree <laughs> fell in a forest and no one was there, did, did, did it fall, right? So there's yeah, kind exactly. of that we try exactly. to do like, yes, we see shipping as the first part of our work. You know, that we get uh, feedback, the ideas that we've got. It's important to evolve the, the product, but then it's also, we need to tell everybody about it. Yep. And it all starts with updating the docs so that people can find things, building demos, building videos, talking to people internally, externally, telling basically everybody about the, what we've done. So one, yep. two, we're getting close towards the end of the month, meaning new release for CLI for Microsoft 365. So we're, we're going to start uh, wrapping up, up the work that we've done, pre uh, preparing a release announcement for that. And then three, as we releasing this video today, you, if you join us on time, you will hear me live, uh, um, I hope, talk about extending Copilot for Microsoft 365 with graph um, co connectors. So we will walk again about uh, what's special about them, how they work. We will look at example, how you would build one and what is kind of the outcome that you will get to set the stage for upcoming weeks where we will dive more into other examples, more uh, evolved, elaborate examples of um, connectors. So if yep. you have the chance, join us there. Yep. What about you, uh, I have a, a really messy week related on a lot of other stuff. So there's a lot of financial work. There's a lot of PO or organizational work. So um, the, the, uh, unfortunately, I don't get to write that much code anymore because I need to do coordination on, on many, you're many things. And you're right? not supposed to be writing code. <laughs> that's that's that a good thing. kind of true as well. But it, it's it's <laughs> a lot of communication, <laughs> planning and planning and planning and financials and, and all of that as well. So as the more as you get people reporting to you, uh, even officially or officially or as a vendors, then you need to start doing financial style planning and budgeting as well, which is ah, not fun, but you know it has to be done. So no can do. But I guess uh, that's I, I almost forgot yeah. one Stefan. important thing that I'm going to do Absolutely. this week. Uh, at the end of the week, there's uh, a Dutch uh, conference. It's called Bitbash. And I'm going to talk about how to protect your API with Android, of course. Cool. That's cool. Cool. That's really cool. We'll get that one noted on the on the notes as well. Awesome, awesome. But thank you, Stefan, on joining on the PMP Weekly. Really, really cool. Uh, good to catch up uh, as well and, and know a bit more about your background. Uh, the application itself is actually really, really cool. We'll get a references on that one uh, for sure in the in the uh, video notes and all of that. But I guess that's it for now. So uh, next, we'll jump on the weekly articles with Waldeck. But thank you, Stefan. Really, really cool. Thank Happy you. to join. Excellent. Thank you, Stefan, one more time. Uh, really, really cool to catch up uh, and all the best within the product level. I, I think it's, it's whenever you as a user realize that there's a gap on something and then you address that gap with the product, that's, that, that, that is a real, you know, there's a demand for it because, and, and in this particular case, it's a really good example of being a student in university and then realizing that, well, this is stupid. Let me fix that. And there you are. Now you have I would a product. say like, there is there is a better way like there has to be a better way about it right because i guess things are for a reason and you know like it's physically impossible to get implemented every single idea everybody has so True. yeah it's really cool that we have that ability to build on microsoft 365 and extend it to our needs and evolve it with additional insights and needs that we've got that might not be a common thing across the board for everybody across the world yep. but are very much a valid need for us and it's really cool to have that that, that ability. 
Absolutely, 100%. It's one of the key value propositions within Microsoft 365 for sure. So we can adjust that based on our needs and we can export and import and all of that stuff as well. But thank you, Stefan, on that one. Let's jump on the weekly articles. Um, not a massive amount of news this week, uh, but let's cover what has happened. Obviously, the biggest news uh, last week was the expanding of Copilot to Microsoft 365, the businesses of all sizes. And, and we used to have this limitation on, on you're able to uh, subscribe to Copilot for Microsoft 365. I think it was named something different at the time when it was released um, because we've been shuffling the name a bit, um, but they had a limit of 300 accounts. And now that limit is gone. Uh, as an individual Microsoft uh, account owner, so as in, what do we call those? Microsoft Identity Owner, you can also subscribe to Copilot Pro. Uh, so you don't for, have to so be in Microsoft 365. So for personal accounts and, personal account, work yes, and exactly. school accounts. Exactly. Yeah. So now it's available across the board uh, without any, any limitations. And and actually, I think that 20 bucks, was it 20 bucks for the personal pro account? That's not too much because again, you get access on open AI capabilities, all of that stuff, uh, DALI, uh, no limitations on things. It's it's actually reasonable price uh, for sure. So a lot of lot of interesting scenarios with with uh, with the Copilot for sure, but yeah. So this one uh, again, uh, announcement related on that, and also including, for example, the the different uh, capabilities. What's for individuals? What's for organizations? What are we able to do uh, from an extensibility perspective in high level and all of that? Uh, quotes and next steps uh, from that side. So thank you, Jared, on on updating everybody on this great new opportunity. Now, we also had a, a blog post from uh, Mark Cashman related on Infrasome podcast, uh, which is WWSD. So what would Sue do? Uh, Sue, <laughs> Sue Hanley is a well-known information architect. I think that's the right way of saying that. But she's she's been around for a long, long, long time on creating portals and information architectures and enabling businesses to be more efficient uh, within their corporate communications and collaboration. And, and Sue has a lot of, lot of ideas on how can we take the existing technology and make products and, and, and companies and comp uh, companies more efficient. Um, and this was really an interview uh, together with Sue uh, related on her thinking on the latest technologies and what we should be doing and considerations. Uh, definitely, definitely great discussion and a lot of, lot of, lot of great insights from Sue uh, related on latest technology. If you, by the way, have an opportunity of being in a conference and seeing Sue live, highly recommend it. Uh, she's awesome. She definitely knows every single piece of this, this puzzle. So awesome, awesome stuff. Now, we also had an update in Microsoft 365 blog uh, on best practices for designing Word, Excel, and PowerPoint add-ins. Uh, so technology uh, which has existed for a while, and, and it's good that we're sharing the best practice. Well, uh, personally, I don't like, I have to say this, I hate the term best practices because best practice is relative, it's highly subjective. Uh, good practices, uh, recommendations would be better because one man's best practice is not necessarily other man's best practice, so to say. So, well, but I mean, like, if you look at the, if you, if you look at the re re recommendations here, like name your, your add-in effectively, yep. is there a case to think of where you wouldn't want to do it? I, I Of course you that. would, detailed description. So, yeah, like onboarding is like free, free, freemium, maybe. Like you, if you build yeah, an enterprise, this is app, the only one potentially. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But everything else is like it sounds very much like open door, 
And I and I mean that in in the best way, right? Because like open yep. doors are open doors for a reason, because True. they are proven, True. you know, effective techniques for do or do things. Yep. So with that, I would say that the first part is very much, you know, best practices. Be like, yes, these are no-brainer things you should do. Freemium, I guess that that realms very much into the space of it depends. Yes, yep. for some things, for some businesses, it might make perfect sense. Is it for everybody? I wouldn't say so. Everything is so debatable. That's why I, I, I really don't. I understand the, you know, the usage of this best practices term, but again, it's, uh, it's, it's subjective. That's the thing. It's, it's, um, the, yeah, it's recommendations or, yeah. Anyway, that's a separate thing. Sorry, oh, focusing on yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Skylar, for the for the great blog post on that one. Now we also had an update on introducing custom shapes in Visio for the web. Uh, so new functionalities in Visio as well. Visio keeps on evolving as well. Uh, it is a great tooling. I've been using that for it's an old tool, right, Malde? We've been Correct. using Visio like way, way. Me too. And then I moved to Mac, and there is no Visio on a Mac, and that's when I started. Ah, there we go. But the Visio for web now it is. works in a Mac. It is available now. Exactly. It is available now, or on the web, or both on the Mac too. But it's yep. just like I stopped back then and didn't think twice. So now yep. I build things in PowerPoint. If I need makes, to make a drawing, makes perfect <laughs> sense. I do the same. Now uh, you also had a new blog post related on uh, updated release on DevProxy. Correct. We release new version of DevProxy, which allows you to simulate APIs and with that simulate error, simulate behavior, simulate rate limiting, whatever you want to simulate, basically to build better apps, right? So don't just assume and hope for the best. Test it and test it easily. Don't spend you know hours or days building mocks. You can test it in minutes, and we have some new cool things that allows you that, that allow you to make it even easier. So definitely yep. check, 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 check it out because again, it will it will allow you to build better apps. Yep, absolutely. And I love the constant flow of new functionalities and also the communication. So not just ship it, but also tell people about what you're shipping. Super, super crucial thing. Now on the Power Platform side, not that much news. It's It's been pretty quiet actually on this at uh, the start of the year, but process mining is generally available in CCC, sovereign regions. So this is the cloud, uh, sorry, governmental clouds uh, functionalities. And there's always a small delay on getting functionalities rolled out from the commercial side to the governmental cloud, uh, cloud side, uh, but that's actually Actually, really, really cool that we're getting more and more capabilities on that side as well. Now, it was the week of Copilot uh, for Microsoft 365 now that it's available across the board. So a lot of content on that one last week. Uh, Chris O'Brien has been using Copilot uh, for a while, Copilot for Microsoft 365 for a while. The surprising truth about the time savings and return of investment. Uh, great blog post from Chris related on what is actually the value uh, and, and what, what can we actually save and how they are using that to calculate uh, how, much you, how much time you're saving and what's the return of investment. So really, really cool. Uh, Copilot break even minutes per month. Uh, so what's actually you know, giving you the baseline, how can you improve your productivity? Um, measuring productivity is always hard, uh, but it's it's still, you can basically, the cost seems to be quite reasonable for co-pilots uh, because they're saving time, time is money. So. Definitely, and I think it's, it is exactly, as you say, and we can talk about it. We should actually have a special segment or something where we talk about it some more, because I would I would argue that it's not as simple as saving time. Because the work that we do, especially in the IW space, 
it's not like you know it is not a mechanical thing where we are a robot and we do a cookie cutter sure. thing and we just assembly line do things it's thinking it's creative part and that is hard it's hard to measure and i think well it's not i think i think the benefit is there i think what's really hard is to quantify it to really yep. prove the business case right so yeah i think it's great to see attempts at it yep. but i wouldn't say it's as simple as to say it's going to save you that many um minutes of work or there's really the the, the break point right true so. true it's it's yeah the productivity it's, is yeah. is hard to measure uh for sure now bill bear we actually announced or we covered this one partly last week so the new SharePoint embedded visual code extension was released last week uh or the week before and bill bear had a blog post related on that announcement within last week as well bill is a senior product manager in the microsoft 365 now uh michael swenson uh Nowadays, uh, principal software engineer in Microsoft. Uh, now I need to actually think his current title. Uh, easier editing of Microsoft search verticals in SharePoint sites finally fixed. Uh, so there was an issues over there and you're able to adjust uh, things to be more efficient uh, on that side. So thank you for that one. Thank you for the updates. Um, uh, Rashmi Alklu had a blog post related on recreating deleted owners group for Microsoft 365 connected SharePoint sites. Um, so basically, if you have a mistakenly deleting groups, you're able to restore uh, functionalities back um, and restoring things. Restoration process walks through the things and what do we can get back uh, from that perspective and how do we reestablish the connection? Actually, really, really cool. Thank you. Thank you, Rashmi, on that uh, script and an example scenario. SharePaints, uh, Peter Venstra, uh, do you have multiple developers working in one flow in Power Automate? Um, so what does that mean? Um, and what, what what's the implications and, and what actually happens behind of the scenes? Um, so actually really, really nice uh, blog post again. Thank you, uh, Peter, for creating this great scenario-based blog post. Um, there's so much information within Peter's blog related all of this stuff. Uh, Amy Thomas had a blog post on how to how to use text input in adaptive card extensions, card views, and this technically is really focusing on uh, on these kind of scenarios where the card view uh, in Viva Connection uh, has a text box uh, box, and then you click a button, and then something happens. You're searching something, you're submitting something. Uh, there's multiple scenarios what can be done with this one, and he's really focusing on on how does it actually work and what's possible and how do you react on things. It's really really cool. Thank can you. Can you have, by the way, only one text box or can you only have one. as many? Okay, only one. Only there one. can be only one. Okay. There can be only one for the time being. You can have multiple cards yeah. with individual text boxes. Yeah. But yeah. Only one text box within a card. So. Okay. Um, we also had a new version of the PMPJS uh, coming out, 3.2.2.0. So that's actually released. Thank you, Bo and Julie. I'm pushing that one forward. Really, really cool. Uh, we also had a blog post from Mahmoud Hassan on Microsoft Copilot rollout maturity model point of view. So he created this maturity model thinking on the Microsoft Copilots uh, and sharing that material for everybody to benefit within LinkedIn. Thank you, Mahmoud, on that one. Really, really good. Awesome, awesome thinking as well. Now, uh, the Message Center show had a new episode uh, five hours ago, so pretty so pretty fresh as we're recording. Yes. This one changes the websites tabs and the teams create a big impact. And this is actually an interesting change. So previously, if you had used, you wanted to integrate a website directly in Teams, it was actually opening within a tab or within a personal view. 
that's not the case actually in the future. In the future, it's going to pop up in a separate window. And that, that is a significant change, which has implications. And they're basically covering that within the podcast or within the YouTube channel as well. So there's a YouTube version of the same, same show. And then quite a few videos. April had a new video on create your first plugin action in Microsoft Copilot Studio. That's really, really cool. Copilot Studio is getting more and more functionalities uh, as well. Uh, really, really cool that those investments. Uh, Paolo Pialorossi had a video related on how to activate Microsoft Copilot for Microsoft 365 in your tenant. So walk through that one. I think we had quite a few of these videos. Uh, uh, available. Uh, I, and the second one is actually this one. Uh, by an enable copilot for Microsoft 365 by Shane, uh, Shane Young. So Shane was actually explaining the similar model and how to get started as well. So which is good. And uh, there was also uh, a video from AC, uh, Navigate ES Lint in SharePoint Framework uh, projects and guidance. So there has been a, a differences or transitioning between TS-Link and ES-Link in the SharePoint framework and what does it mean and, and his guidance and thinking around that change within a nine-minute video, which is really, really cool. We also had an updated video, oh, new video from Steve Corey. Congratulations, by the way, Steve, on your MVP. He, he got the MVP status uh, relatively recently, actually a few weeks ago. Um, and great, great, great videos and great content in Steve's uh, YouTube channel and how to configure your the Q&A in Microsoft Search. Uh, so how can you actually make those answers and all of the work step-by-step uh, step, uh, within UX? Not these ads. <laughs> ah, trying to show a video and no then we're getting an goes unpunished. Yes, <laughs> because my have an US English operating system, browser, everything, keyboard, and then I'm And yet you're minute. in Finland, there you go. Yes. IP, your IP is in Finland. That is, is true, it? that's where it's coming from. Now, uh, <laughs> Laura and Joel had a new Power Hour recording streamed live last week as well on the SharePoint site owner considerations. Uh, so functionalities and capabilities and, and, and what should be taken into account. And then the last video, which is relatively sure, uh, new as well from Kasper Larsen is around configuring PMP modern people search. Uh, so what are the options, how to get started? How does it look like uh, walking through the different scenarios as well with the live demos? So thank you, Kasper, on that one. Really, really cool. But I guess that's pretty much it for now. So, and we already went through, not that one, this one. Um, we already went through what's gonna happen this week, I guess. That's it for now. Hashtag PMP Weekly. Next week. Yes. Hashtag PMP Weekly in the in the Twitter so we know what we're doing. Or you can use the hashtag PMP Weekly also in LinkedIn. We're trying to follow up on or catching up exactly. on that one as well. Uh, also, by the way, in LinkedIn, please use hashtags. We just realized as we were searching things yeah. that people don't help use us to help hashtags. you reach people. And it's not just us, it's also, you know, hashtags is a good thing, yes. <laughs> even in LinkedIn. <laughs> But I guess it's guy. I guess that's it for now. So thank you, thanks Waldek, thanks Stefan, uh, thanks everybody for watching, listening. We'll be back within a week. Cheers. Bye. Bye bye.